Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. We've been going through it for about 16 from the book of Ephesians. And in this last section, St. Paul uses war imagery, war imagery, to bring home this point. To be strong in the Lord. And we need to be strong in the Lord. As you know, when one studies the history of mankind, one studies the history of warfare. The Bible is no different. The Holy Scripture is infused with stories of war from Genesis through the historical books of the Old Testament, through the epic wars that are described in the last book of Revelation. Church history has been shaped by religious and secular wars, including the Crusades, the Thirty Years' War, revolutionary wars, and the world wars. Unfortunately, war seems to be a significant part of human culture and existence. And our second reading today also describes a war. And this war is the most epic of all wars. And it has been raging since the dawn of time with the fall of man and continues through today. It takes place daily in the Christian life. It's a war in the heavenlies. It's a spiritual war. The almighty God and his people against the forces of evil. And still, some may ask, is spiritual warfare really part of the Christian life? And if so, where do we as Christians participate in this war? Well, spiritual warfare is part of the Christian life. Jesus experienced it in his life, as there is plethora of examples of Jesus casting out demons. St. Paul experienced it. In Acts chapter 19, St. Paul visited the town of Ephesus, and some Jewish exorcists, also known as the seven sons of Sceva, wanted to adjure demons in the name of Jesus. But because they did not know Christ, The demon-possessed man exclaimed, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize. Just as in the lives of the original recipients of the Ephesian letter, spiritual warfare also takes place today. And although an event such as the one described in Acts 19 does not seem to happen very often in North America, we still have areas of spiritual warfare in our culture, in our society, and we find those battlefronts in human poverty, in human trafficking, crime in governments, and certain environmental disasters. Some forms of evil are more subtle, and they can creep into our lives. Greed, gossip, unfair treatment at work, sensuality and entertainment, addictions, These are all areas that we must stand up and resist the work of the enemy. And these dark areas of our world may invade all areas of life regardless of who we are. Regardless of what our financial or social status is in the world. Regardless of what our family background or perhaps our upbringing may be. Regardless of our personalities or what our outlook in life is. 
we will face spiritual warfare as Christians. And St. Paul is writing to the church so that the church can be strong in the Lord, standing against the ways of the enemy. Now, if you recall, as we've gone through the book of Ephesians, the main overarching theme in the Ephesian letter is unity. Unity. And so often the church, and yes, even in our parish, we confuse who the enemy is. Too often the Christian with whom we disagree with is looked at as the enemy. Oh, they go to that denomination? Oh, they support that? And they are still Christians? Listen, we need orthodoxy. And we need to guard the faith, as it says in our prayer book. It's one of the main charges of our bishop. But the enemy is not flesh and blood. Our wrestling is not against people of other faiths, political leaders, or the people in our workplaces. Let me state that again. Our wrestling is not against people that have different opinions than us relating to our workplace, our politics, our religion, our church. The Roman emperor and his followers, he could have blamed them. They were a foreign power occupying his home country. What about the abusive provincial governors that were placed there? Or the worshipers of all the other polytheistic religions all around him? Even still, Paul is actually writing this letter while he was chained to a Roman soldier. And yet he writes, our enemy is not flesh and blood. So then who is our enemy? Well, he writes, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The enemy is the mediators of the schemes of the devil. Therefore, what we are wrestling with, what we are in conflict with, is the devil, his evil brood, and the evil schemes they come up with. It is the evil force, the evil ideology in this world, the things contrary to the God's kingdom. And St. Paul's answer to this conflict, this war, is to become strong in the Lord. And Paul notes three things to stand strong. First, he says, put on the armor of God. That is, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. And although we may easily overanalyze the armor of God, you can find all kinds of books on this, Paul's overall emphasis that keeps the imagery together is his insistence that the believer is to stand and resist the devil. Paul uses the word stand four times and is emphasizing that the armor is for the resistance of the enemy. And this cannot be understated. Paul is not writing about assaulting the enemy, but about resisting the enemy. The text does not contain any language that hints toward an assault on the enemy. 
Paul is careful to emphasize the need to stand against the enemy. And the first way we become strong in the Lord is by standing and resisting the schemes of the evil in our world, the enemy. The second way of becoming strong in the Lord is that we must be people of prayer. How important is this practice? Well, note that Paul emphasizes prayer more than any of the pieces of the armor. More space is given to prayer than truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. Be prayerful people. St. Paul writes that we are to be praying at all times in the Spirit. Not just some of the time. Not just when it seems appropriate. In practice of conversation with God through the Holy Spirit throughout our day. Paul also writes, with all prayer and supplication. This means that prayer should be given in many ways. Prayers can be thanksgiving. They can be adoration. They can be praise. They can be penitence. They can be oblation, intercession, petition. These are all different types of prayers. And they're actually found in our catechism, in our Book of Common Prayer on page 856. You can look it up later. All these various prayers should be given so that we can become strong in the Lord. And finally, Paul writes that we are to be praying for all the saints. The entire letter of Ephesians is preoccupied with unity in the church. And Paul once again has implicitly emphasized the need for unity in the church because unity in the church is vital for the mission of the church. As believers, we are to pray for all saints. Prayer is vital in overcoming and winning the spiritual battles in our own lives and in our communities and in the world. You know, one of the things that I love about being Episcopalian is that our denomination is not held together by a confession or a statement of faith. It is not a theological dogma or a religious rite. Those things are all important. Don't get me wrong. They're, those things are important. But what holds us together in the Anglican communion is that we worship together, meaning we pray together. This is the reason we have the book of common prayer. We don't all think alike. We don't all pray together. The third way of being strong in the Lord is that we must be alert. St. Paul writes in verse 18, keep alert with all perseverance. What are, we to, what are we to be alerted to? Well, in the context of this passage, we are to be alert in two areas. First, we are to be alert in our prayers. We should be awake and sharp-minded. Now, this alertness is tied in our passage with perseverance. In other words, we should pray alertly, persevering in our prayers while still being alert. A good example of what it means to be alert would be the guards at Buckingham Palace in London. Anyone been there? And if you haven't been there, I'm sure you've seen it in a movie or on TV at some point. These guards are not persuaded by the crowds of onlookers taking pictures and trying to distract the soldiers. They are there for a certain job, with a certain mission. They are alert, they're focused. They are not distracted by the crowds, they're not sleeping, 
They're not mingling with the visitors and signing autographs. They are focused on their job. And we too must be alert while praying. Remember at the Garden of Gethsemane, Christ told the disciples while he was praying and he found them sleeping. And he says to them, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Second, we should be alert to the schemes of the enemy. Being alert to what the plans of the enemy are can only help us to stand against them and to stay steady in prayer. If we are alert to the areas of spiritual battles in our families, in our communities, the dark forces that are in this world, being alert. We should not ignore the evil in the world, but stand against it, praying to God in the spirit with alertness and perseverance. We should not cover our eyes or cover our ears, put our head in the sand and hope it all disappears. But we should be alert in praying and resisting the schemes of the evil one. So if we are faithful in these things, putting on the armor of God, praying and being alert, we will be strong in the Lord, enabling us to resist the devil's schemes and win the battles of spiritual warfare. So first, stand and resist by being faithful in doctrine and the practice of truth, righteousness, and peace sharing, faith, salvation, and the word of God. Second, be active in prayer, praying at all times in all kinds of ways, persevering for all the saints. And third, be alert and vigilant, ready to stand and pray. So let us do those things. Stand up and resist the schemes of the devil that are trying to trap us and our families. Stand up to those things. Let us stand up and resist the plans of the devil that are trying to invade our communities. Let us stand up and resist the tactics of the devil that war against the kingdom of God and against believers around the world. Let us stand up and put on, the, put on God's armor, praying and be alert. And let us stand up and be strong in the Lord. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.